1909. Late one evening in the sleepy town of West Collingswood, New Jersey, Charles Close and George Boggs walked home from the tavern. They were engaged in a friendly debate until Boggs noticed a strange silhouette hulking over the rooftop of a nearby house. Close turned to look. The darkness obscured most of the thing's features, but they could make out a pair of leathery wings protruding from its back. Luckily, the men were near the local fire chief's house, so they banged on his door for help. The fire chief took one look at the beast and sounded the alarm. Chillingly, the noise wasn't enough to scare the winged monster away. When the fire team arrived, they pointed the hose at the roof and blasted the creature. It leaped down to the street and ran away on its hind legs, just as the entire town poured into the streets to see what the ruckus was about. Moments later, the creature shrieked and doubled back. In the glow of the street lamps, the crowd finally got a good look at it. Neither human nor animal. It looked like a horse standing upright, with the head of a snarling dog and horns sprouting from behind its ears. Its scaly tail and cloven hooves reminded the onlookers of Satan himself. Without warning, it screeched again. Then flew off into the night. This was the first time since the wretched beast's birth that anyone had laid eyes on the Jersey Devil. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. This is our first episode on the Jersey Devil, a famous cryptid from the Pine Barrens region of New Jersey. Sightings date back to the 1700s. Over the years, its folk status has grown, with New Jerseyites affectionately naming it their official state demon. Even a hockey team uses its likeness as their mascot. Today, we'll discuss the origins of the Jersey Devil, We'll examine notable sightings from Napoleon Bonaparte's brother Joseph to an incident in 1909 known as the Week of Terror. To this day, witnesses still claim to spot the elusive beast. Next time, we'll investigate possible explanations for the Jersey Devil. Perhaps it's a prehistoric animal that has survived to this day. Or it could be an elaborate hoax. Or maybe it's an actual demon Cursed by the devil the moment it was born. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. 
drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. If you grew up in New Jersey, you're probably familiar with the Jersey Devil. You may have even seen it yourself or known someone who has. The creature is said to roam the Pine Barrens region of New Jersey and neighboring areas in the Delaware Valley. Located near New York City and Philadelphia, these one million square acres of forest feel like they could carry you back through time. You'd half expect to find Rip Van Winkle sleeping between the trees. While largely a pine forest, the Pine Barrens is unique due to its acidic, sandy soil. The region was once under the ocean, and all that sand is still there today. The land isn't useful for farming. Imagine trying to plant a garden on a beach. Instead, locals used the space to fish, hunt, and cultivate cranberry bogs. The Lenny Lenape people inhabited the area for over 10,000 years. But in the late 1600s, early colonizers from Sweden and the Netherlands began to settle there. The following century, the area became a popular destination for British settlers seeking a better life in the New World. Legends of the Jersey Devil arose during the Revolutionary Era about 250 years ago. While there are conflicting accounts about its origin, the most common story says the monster was born in 1735 near Burlington, New Jersey. Mother Leeds was the wife and matriarch of the Leeds family, one of the earliest European households to settle in the Pine Barrens. Her husband had a reputation as the town drunk, and he was no help when it came to raising their 12 children. Needless to say, Mother Leeds was pretty overworked. So when she found out she was pregnant with her 13th child, the woman snapped. At wit's end, she cursed, quote, let this child be a devil. Little did she know that months later, she'd get her wish. On a stormy night, Mother Leeds went into labor. Surrounded by midwives, she gave birth to what looked like a normal, healthy-looking baby boy. At first. But as a midwife held the baby in her arms, it started to morph into something demonic. The baby's skull elongated into a horse's head. Its feet hardened into hooves. His skin turned into leathery scales, and a tail sprouted from his tailbone. The women screamed as leathery wings burst from its shoulder blades, and the grotesque demon took flight. Terrified, one of the midwives grabbed a broom and swatted at the beast, but it escaped through the chimney. There's no official narrative on what happened to the demon after that, but legend says it took refuge in the woods. There it raised itself, but it resented the settlers in the nearby village and grew more vengeful with each passing day. In other versions of the story, the baby attacked and killed Mother Leeds before flying away. The most gruesome version has the devil killing not only its mother, but its father and 12 siblings who were waiting in the other room. 
Granted, it's hard to say where this myth originated. We know that there were several branches of the Leeds family living in the Pine Barrens at the time, but there's no surviving documentation of one with 13 children. This missing piece is often used to discredit the Mother Leeds story as mere folktale. Which brings us to other origin stories from later in the 19th century. Each account differs, but they usually follow the same arc. A desperate mother curses her unwanted pregnancy and gives birth to a demonic creature later known as the Jersey Devil. There's also a decent amount of inconsistency when it comes to the beast's appearance. According to The Jersey Devil by James McCloy and Ray Miller Jr., it's most commonly described as having, quote, the body of a kangaroo, the wings of a bat, the feet of a pig, and a forked tail. However, countless reports throughout the 1700s and 1800s described it as three feet tall with the face of a dog. Others said it towered over eight feet and compared it to a horse. Over the course of centuries, people reported the Jersey Devil crashing through treetops, landing on roofs, or flying low over town, sometimes breathing fire like a dragon. It often appeared in the early hours of the morning at 2 or 3 a.m., also known as the witching hour. So it's no surprise that the Jersey Devil became a frequent scapegoat for anything bad that happened in the region. This included poor harvests, periods of drought, and livestock deaths. In 1840, several farmers complained about losing sheep and chickens to a mysterious predator in the dead of night. They heard screeching and ripping noises coming from the barn. When they rushed to open the door, all that remained were blood and red hoof prints leading away from the scene. At first, the locals wondered whether the attack might have been a wolf pack or an enterprising dog. But the hoof prints and bird-like shrieks led the most vocal among them to believe otherwise. The Jersey Devil was the only predator that fit the bill. While the creature preyed on farm animals, the people who lived in its territory seemed safe. The monster rarely interacted with humans, though there were two notable sightings in the 19th century. The first was reported by Commodore Stephen Decatur. Commodore Decatur was a naval war hero from the War of 1812. During the conflict, he spent time in the Pine Barrens at the Hanover Ironworks. They were a cannonball manufacturer, and Decatur wanted to inspect their work. One chilly autumn morning, while testing cannonballs at the firing range, Decatur and his men spotted something awful careening toward them. It looked like a hellish bat with a lizard's tail. Commodore Decatur ordered his men to aim at the beast. They shot a cannonball straight through the Jersey Devil's wing. It screeched in pain and dipped low in the sky. But just before it hit the ground, it regained momentum. Decatur had his men reload the cannon, ready for another attack. But before they could fire, the Jersey Devil swooped below the tree line and disappeared. Around the same time that Decatur was fighting the Jersey Devil, Napoleon Bonaparte's brother Jonathan landed in the Pine Barrens. Formerly the King of Spain, he'd been exiled by rebel forces in 1813. Since then, he decided to live a more pastoral life in the United States. 
In Bordentown, New Jersey, which sits right near the Pennsylvania border, he bought an estate that was large enough to house his exceptional art collection. For seven years, Bonaparte's mansion was the place for French expatriates to hunt, network, and party. That is, until one morning in 1820, Bonaparte went hunting alone, hoping to track game in the fresh powder. He found hoofprints that, at least initially, looked like they'd come from a deer. But once he got a closer look, he thought they resembled a donkey's, but if it were walking on its hind legs. While he still considered the tracks, Bonaparte heard a long, slow hiss from behind him. He turned around to see a horse-faced monster with a long neck and giant wings. It shrieked, and Bonaparte was so startled he fell backward. Before he could fire at the creature, it let out another hiss and took flight, quickly disappearing into the forest. When Bonaparte told the story to friends, they informed him that he'd just seen the Jersey Devil. Bonaparte vowed to kill the beast the next time he saw it, but he never got another opportunity. The devil didn't return for decades. No one reported another sighting until 1909, when the creature afflicted locals in a days-long incident known as the Week of Terror. Coming up, seven days of horrifying Jersey Devil incidents. It's October 20th, 2018. One day until the end of the world. I'm on the compound of a secretive religious organization, interviewing a longtime member. Their leader has predicted that tomorrow will be the beginning of the apocalypse. The prediction? Yes, I am prepared. It will purify life from a lot of illusions. When I started working on this story, I was hoping to profile a unique apocalyptic group that had survived through many failed doomsday predictions. But the end of the world was just the beginning. The only way to get to heaven was to allow him sexual activity with me. I didn't specifically give my consent. I was frozen at the time. The angels, they arranged that he is supposed to have sex with his students. He is an amazing teacher, and also he's a sick f This is Revelations, a Spotify original from Parcast, premiering Sunday, October 3rd. Now, back to the story. According to legend, the Jersey Devil was born in 1735. Sporadic sightings were reported throughout the 1800s. But the lore surrounding the creature reached a crescendo in 1909, with thousands of recorded encounters in one week. They spanned 30 different towns along the Pine Barrens and Delaware Valley. The creature began its tour of chaos in Woodbury, New Jersey. On Saturday, January 16th, a man named Thack Cousins was leaving the Woodbury Hotel when he spotted the beast flying across the street, hissing white smoke. The devil was next spotted early Sunday morning, over 30 miles away in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Police officer James Sackville saw it during the morning patrols. The devil flew low over the neighborhood, playing chicken with Sackville. So the officer shot at the beast. The commotion woke up E.W. Minster, who lived down the street. He opened his bedroom window to see the devil flying over the neighborhood, Officer Sackville still shooting at it. Later that morning, dozens of people found the creature's prints in their backyards, on rooftops, scaling tree trunks, 
and jumping fences that were over five feet tall. It was clear the devil was extremely acrobatic. And fast. It had covered over 30 miles in a day, and it had time to wander through entire neighborhoods on foot. It wasn't done with its travels yet. Sunday night, the devil hit up Burlington, New Jersey. Just before daybreak, the monster careened onto people's rooftops and rummaged through trash, all the while screeching and making an otherworldly commotion. The following morning, the residents of Burlington were scared to go outside, except for a small posse of brave souls who attempted to hunt the beast down. They brought their dogs along, hoping they'd track the devil's scent. But when they sniffed the hoof prints, the dogs began to whimper in fear. They pulled at their leashes until their owners took them home. The remaining hunters tried to track the devil down on their own, but had little luck. Over the next few days, the Jersey Devil visited a dozen more towns in the area. According to the book, The Jersey Devil by James F. McCloy and Ray Miller Jr., eyewitnesses described it as a jabberwock, a kangaroo horse, flying death, woozlebug, and cowbird. Reports differed when it came to the beast's size and appearance, and many of the sightings happened concurrently in different towns. Which means some of those accounts had to be false. Some of the witnesses may have lied, while others might have been caught up in the frenzy and imagined a devil that seemed real to them. Either way, by Thursday, Jersey Devil sightings were all over the local newspapers. Even though some of these reports must have been fabricated, testimony kept rolling in. Some accounts came from large groups that couldn't have easily kept a lie so consistent. A large number of people glimpsed the Jersey Devil early Thursday morning when it touched down in Camden, New Jersey. A meeting at the Blackhawk Social Club was rudely interrupted when members caught the monster spying on them, its head pressed against the window pane. The hall quickly emptied out, with only a few members staying behind to fight the beast. This included Mr. Rowe, who grabbed a nearby club and ran out the front door, determined to catch the creature. But ever the escape artist, the Jersey Devil took flight before Mr. Rowe could reach it. Shortly after, at 2 a.m., a crowd of people on a railway trolley spotted the Jersey Devil soaring alongside the car. The train conductor described it as a winged kangaroo. Neither he nor his passengers had ever seen anything like it. The devil flew alongside them for about 200 yards until it lost interest and flew off. But the most fearsome account came from Mrs. White, who lived in South Philadelphia. She was leaving her house with a basket of laundry to hang in the yard. As she opened the back door, she saw a dark shape in the corner of her garden. The basket slipped out of her hands as she watched the shadow move toward her. The closer it got, the taller it seemed, until it loomed over six feet. It was mere steps away, and Mrs. White could make out its leathery, alligator-like skin. The beast opened its jaws and belched out fire like a dragon from a storybook. Terrified, Mrs. White screamed for help. Her husband heard her from inside the house and came running. By the time he got outside, she'd passed out in the yard. But the Jersey Devil was still there. 
It turned toward Mr. White and breathed fire at him, as though warning him to stay back. Defenseless, Mr. White grabbed the clothes off the ground and waved them in the air. He hoped they'd look like a weapon to the creature. The desperate gambit paid off. He chased after the Jersey Devil as it jumped over the fence and ran away, still spitting fire. Once it was safe, Mr. White checked on his wife. She didn't wake up right away, and he eventually had to call a doctor to help her recover. Mrs. White survived the encounter, but that didn't stop a panic from erupting in the area once word got out of her sighting. Schools closed because students were afraid to go outside. Mills and factories shut down due to low attendance. Ordinary life seemed completely suspended. And although no people were killed during this historic week, dozens of chickens turned up dead. But not the way you might think. Several farmers reported hearing a commotion in their chicken coops late at night. They'd go running into the yard expecting to find their poultry brutally slaughtered. But strangely enough, even though their chickens were dead, none of them had been maimed. Weirder still, none of the chickens were eaten or missing, just dead. It seemed as though the poor things had died of fright, perhaps from setting eyes on the Jersey Devil. At this point, the locals had to wonder whether the creature was actively hunting their livestock or if it was simply an agent of chaos, enjoying his 15 minutes of renewed fame. Perhaps they could understand the monster's motivations if they could capture and study it. Throughout the week, multiple search parties and hunting groups went out, trying to catch the monster. There were several instances where people shot the Jersey Devil, only for it to withstand the hit and continue flying. It seemed like the locals couldn't do anything to protect themselves from the monster. But then, just as quickly as it had swooped into town, the Jersey Devil disappeared. It must have returned to its hiding place somewhere in the forest. This was the last time anyone saw the winged beast for nearly 100 years. During that time, the Jersey Devil was relegated to the realm of urban legend. But that didn't mean the creature was really gone. It may have lurked deep in the woods, safe from hunters, because nobody really believed it existed. It just needed the right opportunity to emerge from hiding and terrorize a new generation in the 20th century. Coming up, modern encounters with the Jersey Devil. Now back to the story. For a week in January 1909, the Jersey Devil terrorized the Pine Barrens region, triggering hundreds of sightings and widespread panic. Then it mostly disappeared, but people have still managed to catch a glimpse of the beast. Or worse, it caught their livelihood. In the 1960s, a rash of livestock killings were attributed to the Jersey Devil. In one particular incident, over 40 animals were killed in one night, including several geese, a cat, and a dog. A policeman named Al Potter was assigned to the case. He found giant prints near the carnage, which he thought might belong to a bear or wildcat. But the soil was too muddy for him to make a plaster cast or do a formal analysis. 
He followed the tracks as far as he could, but he never found the beast's lair. Potter's inability to solve the case only fueled rumors that the Jersey Devil was back. Nearly a decade later, in 1973, several married couples threw a party in the forest. After a few drinks, the group was startled when a giant creature flew out of the woods. They described the winged beast as having red eyes and black fur. They estimated it was around six feet tall. It flew low, almost as though it was dive-bombing their party. The force of the wind coming off the devil's wings was strong enough to knock over their food and drinks. One of the witnesses said, We actually heard the wing brush the windshield of the one car. Needless to say, we all tumbled into the cars and went back to a better-lit area. The party was over, but the Jersey Devil wasn't done terrorizing people. The sightings continued in the 1990s, when a group of college students went camping. Four young women were fast asleep when a rustling sound and a shrill shriek woke them up. The women opened the tent flap to get a look at the creature in the full moonlight. They reportedly saw a bipedal animal with bird-like legs. One of the women screamed at the sight. This disturbed the Jersey Devil, and it abruptly flew off. The next day, the women packed up camp and hurried home. One told her family what had happened, and her brother convinced her to take them back to the area to look for evidence. Unfortunately, it rained before they arrived, so any prints the Jersey Devil may have left had been washed away. This is a common feature in these stories. Many people claim to have spotted the Jersey Devil, but few can offer any physical proof. You'd think, given the ubiquity of camera phones, we'd have an abundance of photos, but we don't. However, there are several accounts featuring less solid evidence, like tracks. Consider the testimony from a New Jersey resident named Lori Winkleman, who claimed to have seen the creature. She lived with her husband and children outside the Wharton State Forest. In January 2004, she and her kids were at home playing in the backyard. Fresh snow blanketed the lawn, perfect for snowballs. After a few hours, Lori's husband called them in for dinner. While the other kids ran back inside, Lori asked her son Glenn to stay and help her turn off the Christmas lights. As Lori bent down to reach for the plug, she heard Glenn yelp. She turned to see a black figure glaring at them from a nearby tree. Its head was abnormally large with a ridged snout and long neck. Moments later, the creature swooped down and flew over them. Lori pulled Glenn with her and they ran towards the house. They could hear its wings flapping until it landed on their roof. Lori and Glenn dashed inside and slammed the door closed behind them. The whole family sat frozen in fear, listening to the footsteps above. Eventually, the beast flew off. The next morning, Lori's husband found prints in the snow on the roof, though their shape was hard to identify. They were between five and nine inches long, four feet apart, and bipedal. They didn't seem to belong to any known animals in the region. The family took pictures and sent them to the local parks and recreation department. Even the department's employees were dumbfounded. 
The police were of no help either. This led the family to share their pictures online, which is how they got involved with Monster Quest. In 2009, the History Channel docuseries aired an episode on the Jersey Devil and looked into Lori's case. The documentarians hired a third-party investigator who noted that any tracks found in snow can be incredibly unreliable. They often appear deeper and wider than the animal that creates them. While he was unable to conclude who or what had left the tracks, he determined it could be a bird, like a great horned owl or the sandhill crane. But whatever Laurie and Glenn had spotted didn't resemble those animals. To this day, the Winkleman family believes they were visited by the Jersey Devil. And they're not alone. Other modern sightings have occurred along Route 9, the main highway that passes through the Pine Barrens. Several witnesses claim the Jersey Devil landed on the roof of their car and rode atop the vehicle while it cruised at highway speeds. Others spotted the beast lurking near thoroughfares. In November 2015, three different cars stopped to watch a strange creature on the road. One of the drivers was a construction worker from Philadelphia who goes by RW. At first, he thought it was an enormous vulture. Luckily, RW had the presence of mind to take a picture. The image is grainy and the creature is backlit, but there is a clear outline of a bat-like animal with horns. It hovers over the tree line to the left of the highway. This picture is one of the few modern documentations of the Jersey Devil. Another alleged photo might have done more harm than good. In 2015, a man named Dave Black posted a picture that circulated through local news outlets. He too was driving along Route 9 when he allegedly saw what looked like a llama darting through the trees. He pulled out his camera phone to take a few pictures. Suddenly, the animal spread its leathery wings and flew over the car. This was no llama. Black said, quote, I think I saw a large flying mammal about the size of a deer. Many skeptics decried Black's photo as a hoax, especially because it looked photoshopped and the sighting took place near Halloween. Maybe he was trying to capitalize on the legend. Nevertheless, it's one of the most viewed photos of the Jersey Devil online. Perhaps people on the web just wanted to believe. It's hard to say whether the Jersey Devil is real. Hundreds of eyewitnesses across multiple centuries had to have seen something. Perhaps accounts of the Jersey Devil are prematurely dismissed because of stereotypes. The Pine Barrens has a backwoodsy reputation. People in neighboring cities tend to look down on the region and refer to the residents pejoratively as Pineys. Many of the Barrens' oldest towns have long since been abandoned. Where mills and factories once stood, now piles of rubble and decaying buildings gather dust. The remnants of early colonial life have been swallowed by the forest with vines and tree roots reclaiming their domain. These dark and still woods have become the settings for stories of witches, vagrants, and murderers. There's a mystique to the massive, uninhabited forest, said to be haunted by ghosts. It's become a favorite party ground for teenagers. 
They often explore the ghost towns and abandoned buildings, seeing who can go the furthest without getting scared. Graffiti artists also left their mark on the Pine Barrens ghost towns. And of course, tourists and cryptozoologists come to search for the Jersey Devil. Skeptics may brush off accounts of the creature, but the region still beckons true believers. If the Jersey Devil is real, it's unclear how it survived in the backwoods for multiple centuries. Perhaps there are more than one. However, if there are several creatures, you'd think someone would have uncovered stronger evidence than a few blurry photos. Next time, we'll go over possible scientific explanations for the Jersey Devil, ranging from a prehistoric animal to mass hallucinations. And we'll explore the possibility that the creature was born during an historic feud between early Quakers and one of the most famous founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with part two of The Jersey Devil. For more information on The Jersey Devil, amongst the many sources we used, we found McCloy and Miller Jr.'s book, The Jersey Devil, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember... Never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Lena Olson, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan and Angela Jorgensen. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlane and research by Chelsea Wood. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. The only way to get to heaven was to allow him sexual activity with me. These are not the people that you would normally associate with a cult. Do you think I need to be worried for my safety? I definitely think you should be prudent. This is Revelations, a Spotify original from Parcast, premiering Sunday, October 3rd.